welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is an absolutely great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The Minnesota Vikings hosted the Arizona Cardinals in would look like a wildcard playoff game or something like that. Well, maybe it shouldn't have, but it's a fairly talented team with extremely uh, top-heavy players at certain positions. But the Vikings take care of business and have a season-high 34-26. to 26. Yes, another win. The Vikings keep winning. 6-1 and one on the season. Most of us expected that, I'd have to say. But still, I mean, you get the job done. You win games you're supposed to win, that type of deal. Arizona hasn't won in Minnesota since 1977, which is pretty crazy. So it's another one of those insane uh, matchup advantages, you could say, in certain locations, locales, so to speak. The Vikings have certainly lost in Arizona, at least a couple of big ones, obviously, that uh, really hurt the Vikings in the not-too-distant past. Of course, 2009, that's when Medea Williams... uh, smashed into E.J. Henderson's femur and broke it, unfortunately. Uh, while he was going for a hit, he hit the wrong guy. So thank you, Medea Williams, back in those days. Uh, the next one was, or should I say the previous one, was the infamous Nate Poole touchdown where you hear Paul Allen screaming, no, no, the Vikings, <laughs> the Cardinals have not the Vikings out of the playoffs. So, and then the Green Bay Packers gave Nate Poole the key to the city, and the Packers did pretty much nothing in that playoff. So good for them. Um, Awesome, right? Let's move on. Vikings versus Cardinals. Of course, the Vikings years ago struggled against the New York Jets and then finally ended that. Uh, well, against the New York Jets in New York and finally ended that years back in another meaningless game, but whatever. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you got to see him scamper about as far as you'll ever see him scamper. He actually looked pretty athletic on the play, to be quite honest, on the opening drive, which put the Vikings ahead. That was sweet. 17-yard run into the end zone, but ultimately, again, you see him with a turnover, a strip sack situation for him. Uh, but Arizona definitely was worse in the in the uh, turnover department. One of them was a Kyler Murray interception. That was not his fault. It was an unearned interception. Ertz went the wrong way, basically. And, yeah, there was a lot of confusion and this and that. Maybe Kyler Murray called a play and Ertz didn't understand. Who the frick knows? But unacceptable one way or another. Definitely not a bad pass, more of a bad... Uh, just yeah, bad route, basically. Justin Jefferson could not get over the century mark in receiving. He was pretty much there early on, just about, anyway, with some nice plays. Frustrated most of the rest of the way. Got super close to 100 and didn't quite make it. Six catches for 98 yards, but Delvin Cook did finally reach the century mark. Delvin Cook, finally. Congratulations, and he got in the end zone, as did Alexander Madison. The Vikings ran the ball insanely well today. As remember, Kirk Cousins had a 17-yard scamper on the first play again, made a little kind of head fake, head fake, and then finally said, okay, I'm going to go for this. And he was able to get onto the edge. He was able to go on the edge, basically, into the end zone. Great play. Great athletic play by Kirk Cousins. All right. <laughs> Did run the ball four times in the game, you know, on short plays and this and that, in situations where you're just kind of scrambling and hoping for the best. Adam Thielen had what looked like kind of a knee injury, but not the serious kind, just the kind that'll make you ache. And all that, kind of like me, falling off my bike yesterday, just goofing around, looking at a, you know, one of my my brother's lawn service. You know, I work with him. Obviously, I'm the only other person most of the time. Of course, I, I guess uh, his yeah, sons, my nephews, help out as well. But the driveway was raised. The driveway's raised, and I was kind of curving off the driveway. 
and I kept forcing myself, trying to force myself back on the driveway, and it just never happened, and I ended up scraping my knee. So, yeah, Adam Thielen feeling the pain a bit, banging his knee pretty hard on the ground, but was able to come back and play. Another guy that had a knee injury in the game and came back to play. What a great uh, overall day for freaking uh, <clears throat> Zadarius Smith with three sacks. Unbelievable day for Zadarius Smith. And again, the knee injury and came back for his third sack. Of course, again, he had the two sacks before that. Seven total tackles, all solo. I mean, whew, Zadarius Smith. Wow. Outstanding performance. Back-to-back -back weeks of outstanding performance. Or should we say two out of three because last week they didn't play. Um, I'm looking for the Rams and the Los Angeles, or excuse me, and the San Francisco 49ers. Not sure why that's not showing up. There it is. There must have been some kind of weird technical difficulty here. Wanted to have that flashing on the screen because, oh, look at those uniforms. Mm, I love those uniforms, both of these teams, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, that royal blue with the yellow. It is so classic. Even though it's actually a modernized version, it still looks good from a distance. Yeah, from a distance, it still looks like the classics. And then the 49ers, you don't really get much better than the, the gold and white, other than purple and gold, of course. We all love what uh, we all love our Minnesota Vikings uniforms. Harrison Smith squeezed in a sack as well, which was nice. Four total sacks in the game for the Vikings. Again, three of them for Zadarius Smith. Um, other than some penalties, unfortunately, against the guy, a horse collar on Mr. Uh, Kyler Murray and a pass interference late in the game. Uh, Patrick Peterson stood out and looked absolutely spectacular in the game. Multiple pass deflections, including just Pro Bowl-level play throughout the day. Uh, Patrick Peterson looks like a Pro Bowl cornerback yet again, and like a legitimate Pro Bowl cornerback, not just the kind of guy who's, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I guess he's going to. Wow, now we have six Pro Bowlers. Wow, it's been a great season for us. And, yeah, this other guy was hurt so or just didn't want to go. So, you know. Patrick Peterson, yeah, yeah, go go ahead. Just one more Pro Bowl for you. Now, he looks like somebody that will be in the Pro Bowl this season. He's been that good. So, Darius Smith looks like he's going to be in the Pro Bowl, too. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt. Um, mm. Daniil Hunter looked great in the game. Didn't get a sack, but he made some great plays uh, that took that, that you know took a lot of work for him to get from one place to another and to make huge, huge plays at the end of the day. J.J. Uh, Watt. There's a reason why the fans were booing a little bit. The TV announcers didn't mention it, but he trolled he trolled the Vikings today because, uh, well, I don't know if it was a shout-out, a positive shout-out, but I guess Viking fans didn't take it the right way. When J.J. Watt got his second sack, he did the uh, he did the, the hogtie celebration a la Jared Allen, who, of course, entered the Ring of Honor today. I don't know. Fans took it like he was trolling. Maybe he was just being respectful in a way, like, there, that's for you, you know, but I don't know. One way or another, J.J. Watt, the only two tackles he had were both Sachs and Kirk Cousins. Cousins, efficient today, not spectacular, but efficient, efficient, pardon me. Took chances on plays and, you know, didn't turn the ball over other than the strip sack, of course, which was frustrating, but no interceptions for him. Uh, Arizona did muff a punt. That was Greg Dortch. Greg Dortch. <laughs> I don't know where he was on that one. I mean, the, it, he just completely missed the ball. It like hit his, it like hit the side of his shoulder pretty much. Not sure what was going on with Greg Darch there. Um, when you talk about Arizona, though, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins really stood out like nobody else. Like I was saying, top heavy players on this team. Rundle Moore was pretty good as well. He got in the end zone, and Zach Ertz 
broke free. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins, one-handed catch for a spectacular touchdown in the game. Uh, outstanding, outstanding day. Ronald Moore and uh, DeAndre Hopkins both had big plays that helped keep Arizona in this game and keep them a threat. But ultimately, Arizona just wasn't up to the challenge down the stretch. And as they say, Kevin O'Connell won the chess game versus the Arizona coach. So <laughs> it just kind of is what it is in that one. Um, not sure what they're going to do over there. Uh, definitely on the negative side, Greg Joseph has been really, really struggling. Of course, a very low kick that was blocked by somebody's helmet because the kick was so damn low. Uh, there was no hand on the ball. It was just kicked sink, sinking stupid low. Uh, what was it, a 54-yard attempt? He's just not getting it done, and he doinked another extra point, did Greg Joseph. So fans are starting, to, the, uh, starting the old cut Greg Joseph uh, routine, which I don't blame you at this point. It's getting uglier and uglier and uglier. But some of the great kickers go through bad stretches, even the great ones. So I'm not ready to cut Greg Joseph yet, but if this continues for another two weeks or so, I think it's time. Uh, luckily, though, a 6-1 and one record is beautiful. It's, it is it is sad to see this happening. I remember Kai Forbath was really scary for at times early on in the 2017 season, and by the end of the year, it's like, what the hell? Why did you, why did you draft Daniel Carlson? Like, that's just flipping the guy off for no reason. He did a great job, Kai Forbath. He had that clutch kick, 55-yarder, that uh, put the Vikings in position to defeat the New Orleans Saints before things, you know, went crazy and the Saints uh, went went back ahead. But um, he was huge in that game with Kai Forbath, and he was huge the whole second half of the season. We'll see what happens with Greg Joseph. We're not quite at the midway point of the season, but we're getting there. We'll see if he turns things around, but... Talking about cutting him, I kind of don't blame you, but at the same time, <laughs> might be a little early, might be a little bit alarmist at this stage. So I, I think wait and see for another week or two at the very least. Uh, I remember on the prediction shows and Score North, people kept saying, oh, Johnny Munt's going to get his first touchdown. Johnny Munt's going to get his first touchdown. And people finally gave up. Hell with it. He's never going to get in the end zone. He's never going to even make a catch hardly. Well, he finally got his first touchdown. Yeah, broke free. Broke free, was wide open on a play on a screenplay, and uh, was able to make the catch. Good for him. Johnny Mott was able to break loose for a touchdown. And that was the only time he was targeted in the game, a one-yard touchdown play. But it looked prettier than it was. He caught the ball, and that's all he needed to do, just catch the ball. <laughs> How many times has it happened where a tight end like a Johnny Mott, who's known for blocking and kind of a backup, that type of thing, will, fly, will pop up wide open in the end zone and will drop it? How many times? Well, Johnny, you caught the ball. You had one job, you just caught the ball in that play, and good job. <laughs> That's all there is to say about that. Um, Delvin Cook, I think, stood out in a huge way today. Really, like the big three, I think, today, you could say are Delvin Cook, who just was ultra-solid today, and he's he's starting to, you're starting to see that third gear again. It's almost like it just, it was like, I don't know how to explain it, other than he's a slow starter. I don't know. I mean... He wasn't a slow starter before, you know, right out of the gate. He was just like, you know, future superstar, no doubt about it, back in 2017. And then the ACL, boom, just like, what, three games into his career, ACL. It's like, you've got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> like, why can't we have nice things was kind of the theme in the postgame shows that day. I still remember hearing those exact words. Guys like uh, Phil Mackey and Al. Uh, Phil Mackey, I think, was the one that said it. Why can't we have nice things? I agree. <laughs> but um, that nice thing was a little bit older now who looked, definitely looked like he'd lost a step the first five games or so. Gained about half of half of that, that extra step 
last week, and he might have gotten it back this week. I don't know. Maybe it's three-fourths of a step now. Uh, maybe still like a fourth of a step behind where he used to be. But you saw him turn on the Jets today. You saw a little bit extra. You had the 30-yard uh, play. Of course, one of them was <laughs> um, still counted, but there was a taunting penalty, which is stupid. So that kind of hurt it, unfortunately. That kind of took 15 yards off of the play, so that was dumb. Um, you saw certain uh, drives sputter because of things like that. Uh, guys not catching the ball or guys not being open. And Arizona's defense standing up a bit here and there. They were okay. The Arizona defense, the Vikings ultimately wind up with 34 points. So how, how great is that? Not great enough. Vikings offense finally kind of breaking through a little bit more. And it does help when you get the running game going a little bit more as well. A little bit more of a balanced attack today versus, you know, obviously Mike Zimmer, run, 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 run. And John D. Filippo, pass, 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 pass. <laughs> so <laughs> finally finding a friendly medium somehow, some way. And that's a good thing as you look forward with this club into the next coming weeks here. Um, definitely uh, good news with a little bit of a balanced attack. Alexander Madison looked awesome on the touchdown he had. Uh, again, the New York Jets, this is way out in left field, I apologize, but since we're talking about running backs and possibly trading running backs, and there was could the Vikings dangle Alexander Madison and all that, New York Jets obviously uh, lost a star running back last week, which was really sad. Of course, I'm talking about it now because I didn't do a show last week, so in segment two and all that, but it's segment two related. I'll probably bring it up again on the fly, but they traded for uh, James Robinson from the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars, who also have a, a a new star running back who basically took the job of James Robinson. So Robinson was available, and the Jets traded for him after their star running back had an ACL and a and a meniscus tear. Oh, my God, how devastating is that? So that was extremely sad news. But to get James Robinson, I mean, that's nice for low-round uh, low draft picks. That's kind of cool. So Jets still have a chance with something. We'll talk about James Robinson later, but that is really sad about the injury. No doubt about it. I hate hearing about good players getting hurt, especially running backs who, you know, they're the definition of NFL, not for long. They're the definition of the people coming up with NFL. And again, look at Dalvin Cook. What, five yards into his, his career? Oh, man, he looks old, you know? Yeah, well, he kind of naturally looks old, doesn't he? He looks like Uncle Delvin, you know, with the, the grill, the grill and the hamburgers and hot dogs. Uncle Delvin, you know, he, he has that uncle look, doesn't he? He doesn't look like a young guy, but he, he looked old, like, right away. He just had that older older man look at the end of the day. Not that that has to do with anything, and I apologize, but just kind of a balanced, overall, decent game. Decent game. I mean, could this team be better? Yes. Uh, people talking about this is like maybe we're about 70% of what this team could be. Yeah, it's just eventually, hopefully, that 80 to 90 to 100% comes when it really matters. I don't want it to happen on Thanksgiving Day against the New England Patriots, and then, you know, we're 60% in wild card break or division round or NFC title game. NFC title game like against the Eagles last time we got that far, it was like we were 10% of... 10 percentile of what the team could be. Uh, the defense was non-existent. The offense was just a turnover machine. Whoa, that was literally helmet on helmet. Ugh. Yeah, and then you're holding your hands up. What? Are you kidding me? That was helmet on helmet. Yes, mister. Yeah, that was. Or was there no call? Okay, yeah. Never mind. I'm an idiot. So, 
pardon me for being Mr. Idiot here. Um, what was I even talking about anymore? Other than that, I'm just getting so distracted now that I can watch games in the background, which is fun to do. Um, but, again, a balanced attack. Hoping for the best here, again, with the percentile. You hope this team shows its maximum ability when it really matters. It's division round. NFC title game. Super Bowl. I'm going to say it again. I've said it before, and I'll say it again for maybe some, some new listeners and all that. I would not be satisfied with making it to the Super Bowl and losing. Am I greedy? Of course I'm not greedy. This franchise has been to the Super Bowl four times. I was born in 1979. I'm 43 years old. The Minnesota Vikings did not attend a Super Bowl, did not make it to a Super Bowl in my lifetime. So, it's, of course, that'd be the farthest it'd ever been. But the remaining fact that they've never won a Super Bowl and all the fans that were around back then that are still living today, including my uncle, uh, Purple Colonel, David Willard, w Willie as they call him, Willie Willard, just, just in case he's listening or anybody uh, who's a friend and all that, the Purple Colonel. He is my real uncle, those of you that may have heard of him and you, you didn't know there was a connection between me and him. Um, he's, he saw the Super Bowls and I care about those people more than anybody else that saw everything. I care about Bud Grant. I care about, you know, Alan Page, Jim Marshall, Carl Eller, you know, guys like that, that were there for all of it. You know, Bob Lertzema. <laughs> Bob Lertzema, okay, sorry. Uh, but yeah, guys like that. I care about the guys in the 80s, the Anthony Carters, the Henry Thomases, John Randall, like the 90s and all that. You know, I could go on all day with all the unbelievable names that have been here and never got, never got a ring. It's for all of them. It's for all of them, and... Getting to the Super Bowl again, uh, and getting to the Super Bowl and being the first team to go 0 for 5, you'd be satisfied with that? At least we made it. No. No. So, obviously, I don't expect this team to get to the Super Bowl this year. But if they do, please win it. That's the whole bottom line at the end of the day. I, I don't want this to end, no. I do want this to keep going. I do want this team to go 15 and 2, 16 and 1, whatever the heck the number is. <laughs> 14 and 3. And go all the way and win. I, It would just mean the world to not just me, but I'm sure just about everybody else. Whether you're 16 years old and listening to Purple Mafia for the maybe the second year or something, just in case a 16-year-old is listening to this show. And if you are, please, please say something. Please contact, you know, get in touch somehow. Just say hi, at least. Or you're 66 years old and you saw multiple Super Bowls. This and that. And if you're in your 40s and you saw a bunch of NFC title games, you know, fall short. From 87 up to uh, 2017. So, stuff like that. It was a 20-year run there. And, of course, the Vikings also lost an NFC title game very late in the 70s as well. That was the beginning of the, the sadness. Um, that's the hope, though. That's the hope that this, that this again, if we're kind of hanging around 60-70% of what this team could be, that that maximum percentage comes when it matters most. That's what I care about the most of this franchise. It's nice to know there's a balanced attack. It's nice to know there's a fresh, young head coach and general manager. And maybe there will be an important player joining the roster. I, I'm i not interested in Ojo, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., honest to God. If he's the final piece, so be it. But you already have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne. I don't think we're really lacking in receivers right now that we need to make that kind of move. I think I think that could disrupt things and mess things up. Um OBJ's got a different kind of personality. I'm just not sure that's who I'd want on this team. 
It does sound like the Vikings are going after a receiver of some kind. That doesn't give a whole uh, lot of confidence to K.J. Osborne, I'm sure. And unfortunately, again, he was targeted five times with only two catches, but at least one of them was a touchdown. Really hoping K.J. Clutch can uh, be, be involved more in the offense, be, you know, more, more plays for him and this and that. But again, five targets. Not all of them were really catchable plays, but still, you're hoping for more at the end of the day. The defense did look better, no doubt about it, generally speaking, at times, but at times they didn't look so great. If you're still getting that bend-but-don't-break feeling, but the pass rush is there now. That wasn't there earlier in the season. So Zadarius Smith is flat-out breaking loose now, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing at the end of the day. So for me, the Fran Tarkington Award winner for the show, I'm going to give it to Zadarius Smith, back-to-back weeks for Zadarius Smith and Patrick Peterson. Yes, I have to give to Patrick Peterson too, so it's going to be two guys again. Patrick Peterson was absolutely great. Again, just unfortunately the freaking penalties didn't help, so that was kind of a bummer, but we can imagine there's a lot of emotion. Of course, that's his former club, this and that, but Zadarius Smith also come, you know, getting the two sacks, coming back from the knee injury and getting another sack, and again, seven solo tackles. Absolutely awesome game, pass deflection, you can't go wrong with what Zadarius Smith has brought to this defense. You just can't. Uh, you just knew, if this guy's healthy, what a phenomenal addition to this Minnesota Vikings defense. He truly is. It's good to know there's a pass rush, especially, again, with an, uh, you know, with a, with a, with a read option type of quarterback uh, out, out there. It's, it just makes a big difference. Again, a, a mobile quarterback, and to be able to get to him and get the job done, as well as... Uh, this pass rush did today, so extremely nice. And then pass rush again led by Zadarius Smith. The Christian Pond Memorial has to go to our friend Greg Joseph. Again, it, it has to. Our friend from, you know, South Africa, a lot like a former number one, <laughs> a former Viking kicker that wore number one from South Africa, <laughs> who was a little more accurate, we'll say. Uh, but yeah, Greg Joseph, come on, man. I mean, you're, you're hoping for the best. Stop missing extra points. Stop kicking low. I mean, he's had multiple block kicks this year because of low kicks. So, Craig Joseph, hoping for the best here. But so far, looks kind of scary. With that said, we'll take a quick break, come back, and look around the league. And then we'll have the Packers and Bills flashing in the background because there's no World Series tonight. Phillies and Astros tied one game to one. Just in case you're uh, interested in baseball, obviously, I, I wouldn't mind a little tweet and, and uh, Facebook about uh, the World Series or something as well, just for the fun of it. Um, I'm rooting for Philadelphia, but Dusty Baker getting a World Series ring as a manager would be great. For those of you that are uh, that give a crap about me talking about this, though, um, Dusty Baker did win a World Series as a player. Just those of you that care about baseball and are like, man, Dusty Baker has been so close a million times as manager, going back to the San Francisco Giants, um, you know, and obviously losing multiple times with the Houston Astros, all those really good Giants teams in the 90s, and then uh, lost the 2002 World Series to the Anaheim Angels. I believe they were called at the time, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, but they were just called the Anaheim Angels at the time. Um... God, that's a goofy, goofy franchise of California Angels, Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California. They should have done that. Just, just, just troll us all. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California. Why not? <laughs> just add that last bit. Just to be goofballs, right? <sighs> With that said, I apologize again. Hoping and praying that this team 
truly shows up when it matters most. I mean, you can tell I'm just focused on the playoffs right now more than anything else. And I know I'm probably looking way too far ahead, way, way, way too far ahead. And that might be driving people crazy. I apologize for that. But again, we'll get to more of what you guys had to say in segment three. And of course, I'll always have some random Viking things to talk about in segment two as well, including the pregame coming up for next week. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league and the NFC North especially. And, of course, preview the Minnesota Vikings' first ever meeting with the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I know. They played the Washington Redskins many times. They never played the Washington football team. Not once. So the uh, the Golden Ws and the Vikings never, uh, tip, never kicked off against each other, though I suppose they're still kind of the Golden Ws, but they're called the Commanders also. Uh, have the Minnesota Wild and Chicago Blackhawks flashing on the screen right now, even though the uh, Packers and Bills is just about to start, or I think it did already start. It's a it's a preview to the Super Bowl, right? Well, a couple years ago, I would have thought it would be. Right now, well, maybe the AFC champion, Bills, but I don't think the Packers are winning any NFC. But I guess you never know. Nobody picked the Giants to win anything in 2007 or 11 either. So, yes, we're playing in Washington, the nation's capital, yeah, let's just say, let's beat Washington, D.C. Yes, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> interesting history between the two teams, but of course, we're not going to get into that at the moment. Baltimore versus Tampa Bay. That was not a not a pretty night, once again, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, boy. Yep, it was Thursday night. You think it's a great matchup, but Tampa Bay is just kind of falling apart. Everything's fall, uh, coming apart at the seams with Tampa Bay. Players getting hurt earlier in the season, like obviously important offensive linemen, uh, Tom Brady going through the divorce and all that, and now that's, you know, it's going to happen. It's it's like a done deal. It's going to happen. Tampa Bay Bucks dropped to three and five, losing to the Baltimore Ravens, who are now five and three. The reciprocal of the Bucks, and who knows? Maybe Baltimore does have something going on. Tom Brady, well, he had some good moments in the game. Did throw for 325 yards, but. There's just something missing. Um, There's something missing, and a lot of people are saying, like, why is he still playing? Like, what's the point? Um, This happens to every single superstar, doesn't it? And I guess I ranted it about this last, uh, well, two weeks ago about Michael Jordan with the Wizards, Tom Brady now with the the third season with the Bucks. The first two seasons, there's nothing to complain about, especially the very first season. I mean, that's, there's nothing to complain about. That'd be like if Michael Jordan went to the Charlotte Hornets at the time. And, you know, like back in, you know, back in like 2001 and won the NBA championship. I mean, nobody'd be complaining about that. He was actually thinking about going to the Charlotte Hornets, I believe it was. I think it was 2000. And then something kind of fell apart with that. He was going to gain ownership with that team, but join up with the team first. And then that would have been interesting. Uh, But I think it's because things were going south with the Charlotte Hornets at the time. And not long after that, they moved to New Orleans. I think that's why that fell through. But... Yeah, like imagine if Jordan was able to pull that off. Odds were against it. He's getting older, this and that. But of course, again, look at what's happening to Brady. You know, Brady's. It's not as good now. Uh, so many superstar athletes. This just seems to keep happening over 
and over and over. And I'm kind of blanking on a few now, which is really frustrating. But so many superstars, they tend to play one year too long or two years too long or whatever the heck it is. Michael and Tom Brady, it's kind of like the same thing. It's a bummer. Michaels was worse with the Wizards, definitely. He just joined a terrible team. And I don't know, he, he probably never wanted to be there in the first place. He always wanted to be in Charlotte. And, well, he wound up in Charlotte as a full-time owner eventually. Uh, and they became the Hornets again. It was like an expansion team. And, well, they haven't ever really been that great, unfortunately. That's a little bit too much information. I apologize. Tampa Bay, though, again, it's just, it's really sad. It's disappointing. Mike Evans, great numbers and everything with 123 yards on six catches. But when you notice 11 targets were good when six, uh, 11 targets were Mike Evans, both of them six catches. It's just, just kind of a mess of a game. Uh, things just didn't work out. Plays just weren't made. And bottom line, Tampa Bay is... A massive disappointment this season. There's no doubt, considering how great they were the first two seasons with Brady there. Uh, they've just been a colossal ups, uh, colossal disappointment. Where Baltimore is about where some of us would expect. Five and three, and in first place in a mediocre to below average AFC North division. Congratulations, Baltimore, on maintaining their lead in that division. <clears throat> Denver and Jacksonville in London. Beautiful. There was even talk years ago about the Jacksonville Jaguars winding up in England someday. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they wouldn't want that. Denver, uh, you could argue they're even uglier, yet they somehow won the game because, well, what's his name? We'll turn the ball over way too many times. Ugh. Well, at least the other Florida team is playing better again. Two interceptions for Trevor Lawrence. Not the best. Against a pretty decent Denver defense because their offense stinks. Their best player probably on offense is Latavius Murray. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of. <laughs> the most overpaid player is uh, Russell Wilson. Think about how many yards he got today. About two, yeah, 250. That's about how much money he's making on this contract. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. I don't. To me, that tells me it's all about the money. All about the money. And I do think that your friend uh, George Payton, former Minnesota Vikings executive, will be fired. <clears throat> because look at the hiring of uh, Nathaniel Hackett, this terrible signing of uh, Russell Wilson. I think his chances of surviving... The next two years in Denver are like, yeah, uh, a snowball's chance somewhere. Seriously, a snowball's chance in hell. No chance. It's just, how could he? How could he? Like, how could he? Denver was actually kind of sort of okay for a minute there. Now, um, uh, whatever. Yay, they beat the Jaguars. They're 3-5. and five. All right, let's go. They beat the Jaguars. All right, man. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Hurricanes. No, the Carolina Panthers. Little Southern football action. <clears throat> Mr. Koo, Mr. Koo, congratulations. With an overtime field goal to win the game, ultimately. The Falcons with a nice uh, comeback victory over, well, the uh, Carolina Panthers. Just kind of back and forth. I shouldn't call it a comeback. It was a lot of back and forth in this one. Nobody really had a massive lead. It was definitely a back and forth. Boom, 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 type of game. Carolina with a touchdown very, very late to put it into OT, and Panero missed the extra point. That's where the unlikeliness came in. Eddie Panero, uh missed an extra point. 23 seconds left, and then the Atlanta Falcons escape with two minutes remaining in OT to get the win. Oh, cool. No, the other one kicker feels great. The other kicker feels like crap. Wow, well... I don't think either team's going to be a huge factor long-term, but Marcus Mariota 
still somehow wound up with a quarterback rating of over 100 because he was insanely efficient, despite the fact he had multiple interceptions in the game, which is kind of funny. Donta Foreman, outstanding for the Carolina Panthers, 118 yards. I guess Christian McCaffrey, who cares, right? 118 yards and three touchdowns. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? Donta Foreman and, no, well, he, uh, he was targeted for a catch. It didn't actually get a reception in the game, but... Great numbers. DJ Moore, spectacular, 152 yards for the Carolina Panthers. P.J. Walker, a nice day for the most part, but turnover didn't help either. Um, let's keep moving if humanly possible. I don't think a whole lot of us are too excited about Atlanta versus Carolina, but it's, somehow the Falcons are in first place in the uh, NFC South. Who, who would have thunk it? Marcus Mariota, the former Oregon Duck, as the Falcons at 500 in first place. All right. Dallas versus Chicago, that'll be much later. Detroit and Miami, much later. Nice. Wow. Jeez, Detroit. Oof. Las Vegas Golden... No, the Las Vegas Silver Bishops. That's what people usually say when they make fun of the Golden Knights. And Well, they ain't the Silver Bishops this year. They're pretty pretty damn good. (laughs) They're really good, uh, Golden Knights. The Las Vegas Raiders stink. They stink. They got shut out by the New Orleans... Saints today, yes, and I know Dennis Allen's the coach, and he was the defensive coordinator. He's a pretty damn good defensive coordinator, too. He's actually a decent coach, I think. I kind of like Dennis Allen, actually. He's more likable than Sean Payton, and he looks like my former district manager when I had a service job, you know, like over a decade ago. Kind of reminds me of him. He had a name. He had a, I, don't think, I don't think Dennis Allen's voice is quite like that, though. But, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Taysom Hill completed a two-yard pass. That's what I'm talking about. But he also ran for 61 yards with all that trick play crap. And Alvin Kamara got in the end zone with 62 yards. He also received 96 and had two touchdowns receiving. Alvin Kamara, fantasy phenom of the day, at least for the New Orleans Saints anyway. Derek Carr is, you know, it's time to put the car in the garage, buddy. It's time to just put it in the garage. I I don't see it. Um, He was... It looks like Derek Carr and the bad side of Kirk Cousins have kind of switched sides. Like, oh, Derek Carr was like a winner. He was great, like, in the late moments in games. And Kirk Cousins has become pretty damn good in the late moments of games. Unfortunately, the Raiders still never really accomplished a whole much in the postseason and all that. Hopefully the Vikings, it'll be a different story. I went on that rant already in the first segment, as a lot of you probably know. Amir Abdullah, former Minnesota Viking, with 28 yards receiving as a running back. On four little screen, you know, the four of those little dump off and check downs and all that cute stuff. Devontae Adams was just terrific. Just exquisite. He must have gotten hurt or something. And I apologize, I don't have the detail in front of me. One catch. One catch for three yards. He was targeted five times. Okay. Well, that's a recipe for utter failure. Daniel Carlson never even got to attempt a field goal in the game. Will Lutz was a klutz because he missed one. Okay, he missed one. That's all you need to know. And the Saints end up winning the game. Good for them. Steve Jordan's son, that would be Cameron Jordan, with a half sack, shared with Kentavious Street. You gotta like that. Kentavious Street. (laughs) Peyton Turner with a couple of sacks for the Saints. The Raiders not only get shut out on the scoreboard, they get shut out in the sacks as well, because they just suck. They belong in a garbage sack right now. Two and five on the season. And I'm not trying to bash the Raiders. But I'm disappointed. Well, I mean, I'm so glad you fired. Uh, I, uh, I, I won't even get into it. I know I'll probably just offend half the one half of the planet, and then the other half of the planet will uh, rah, rah, rah me on. And, well, I appreciate the ones that do, because 
let's just say we're on the same side of the equation. New Orleans, uh, both of the New York teams lost today. That's kind of sh- sucky for them. The Big Apple got bit today, didn't it? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wasn't that funny? New England Patriots 22-17 to over the New York Jets, which was quite often happening when Tom Brady was the quarterback. At least I would hope so. Though occasionally teams like the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins could be a pain in the bleep for the uh, New England Patriots at times. That's why they call it division rivalries. It's not a good thing. James Hollywood Robinson was about as Hollywood as, uh, you know, Hollywood is today compared to the 80s. It sucks. And James Robinson didn't do a whole lot. The uh, prize acquisition attempted five rushes and got 17 yards. And Wow. All right. New England Patriots, though, do have the greatest coach of all time. And he was a great defensive coordinator before he was a head coach. Pretty much you can connect the dots there pretty easily. The Patriots end up winning the game. Nick Folk with five Folking field goals in the game. Jeez. One of them was 52 yards. Great for him. And Greg Zerline missed one. But his long was 28 yards. Zach Wilson looking a lot more like the guy that went to Carolina. Um, through the Panthers throwing interceptions like crazy when he was there. Ouch. Three interceptions for Zach Wilson. Starting again looking like the former prize quarterback that wasn't a prize at all. But I have more faith in Zach Wilson than the other guy. Because I, I can't even say his name anymore because he sucks so bad. <laughs> 115 yards receiving for Garrett Wilson is one of the few um, bright notes for the now 5-3 and three New York Jets. The Jets are disappointed to be 5-3. and three. Think about that. Tyler Conklin, though, former Minnesota Viking watch with 79 yards. And, and two touchdowns. What do you think of that? Nice fantasy pickup for somebody, I can imagine. And I'm sure nobody cares about your fantasy team, and I don't either, but uh, I don't know. I'm just saying, if you had him on your fantasy team, I'm sure that must have been nice. That's all. I'm always wondering if somebody was uh, taking a shot at me with the title of their episode, but if they did, well, good for you, because, yeah, yeah, enjoy where you are. So, yeah, they're not even in the top 10%. And I'm not a cocky guy, but the other person is. That's why I kind of had a little laugh about that. Philadelphia continues to be undefeated. I'm trying to think of who you can compare them to, but I guess you might as well compare them to the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, where they just would not lose, and they would not lose, and they would not lose. Carson Wentz was absolutely great, and then he got hurt, and you think, oh, Philadelphia's done, they're finished. And then the backup came in and ended up being, like, the hero of them all. Interesting how that all took place, and the Vikings ended up seeing a great season go up in smoke within minutes, and I hated it so much, and I'm sure the rest of you did as well. The Battle of Pennsylvania was uh, highly favoring the Philadelphia Eagles today, and they crushed the Steelers 35-13 to in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which, again, will tell you a hundred million bajillion times, please get home field advantage, Minnesota, somehow, some way. Because I, I just, you know, you just know. Don't you know? You've been watching the Vikings long enough, right? Going to Philadelphia in the playoffs, I just don't even need to finish the sentence. I don't. Because it's not the first time. It's not. It wasn't the first time. Kenny Pickett was picked off once, and that was about it. Otherwise, he attempted 38 passes and was below average, basically. <coughs> Chase Claypool, the former Minnesota Viking, maybe. We'll see. Future Minnesota Viking, quite possibly. Uh, Jalen Welk had 50, 50, 45 yards. Pardon me, it was somebody named Pat had 57 yards on seven, uh, well, seven targets anyway. Um, let's just move on. 
Jalen Hurts with four touchdown passes, insanely efficient, ran for another 10. Well, I mean, remember when you were talking about love with the uh, Packers and then Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles, and just right away, a lot of us were like, Hurts is the better of the two, and holy cow. Yeah, I think so. It just hurts being a Viking fan watching the Eagles do so well. Javon Hargrave with two sacks in the game. And yes, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles did acquire Robert Quinn this past week. And the Vikings are still sitting in, uh, sitting on their hands, according to a lot of people. And I agree, it's a little frustrating. Robert Quinn had absolutely nothing, though. No tackles, no sacks. But we'll see. We'll see how things develop there. Massive acquisition from the Bears this past week. As we inch closer and closer to the trade deadline. Texans and Tennessee. Well, the battle of uh, the battle of Oilerland. This is the, the the Oiler Bowl, and unfortunately, neither team is called the Oilers, which is really sad. The former Houston Oilers playing in Tennessee defeat the current Houston Texans, not Oilers. Which just change them back to the Oilers, okay? Just just do it. Do what the Charlotte Bobcats did, and become the Charlotte Hornets again. Just do it. Just just do it. Please do it. Unless there's some legal bullcrap. The only thing good about the Texans is the logo is actually kind of nice. But the, the name sucks. The name sucks. The uniforms are boring. Yeah, Houston Oilers, man. <clears throat> Houston Oilers. I'd love to see that happen. Houston Houston Oilers, the real Houston Oilers, beat the new ones 17-10 to 10 in a game that was, uh, it was okay. It was just okay. Malik Willis for the, uh, yep, Malik Willis, the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, playing a little early here with only 10 pass attempts in the game. And Derrick Henry rushed 32 times for 219 yards and two touchdowns and averaged almost seven yards a carry. That, my friends, is what we call Tecmo Bowl football. at the beginning of every episode because, uh, yeah, well, it was a classic game. It was a lot of fun. And, well, if you're getting first downs every one or two, like, rushes, why would you, I mean, why would you stop? <laughs> Though, of course, in that game, you get that, the, what, you get the eight men in a box, and then it's like kablooey. Yeah, you get, like, eight men in a box, and then it's like game over. Like, you're going down, bub. You're not gaining yards. You're going to lose about three. <laughs> Anyhow, the Texans did not look all that great, and they're just, Meh, they're one five and one. They're probably the worst team in the league. And Tennessee's five and two. After a crappy start to the season, they look great. And Derrick Henry being healthy makes a big difference compared to last season when he got hurt late in the season. Why is this not moving? I'm getting really annoyed right now. Thank you. That would be great. Next week's opponent, not yet. It was going to be Carson Wentz versus his former team, but yeah, forget about it. And another quarterback who's out for the year, and we'll talk about that later. San Francisco versus the Los Angeles Rams, who were up 14-7 to when I signed off of segment number one. They got their butts kicked because they never scored another point. San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey's new team, 31-14. to Impressive victory in Los Angeles, where the Super Bowl was played last year. Jimmy Garoppolo, <clears throat> insanely efficient. And you got a perfect quarterback rating by somebody named Christian McCaffrey. Because he threw one pass, and it was a touchdown. 35, 34-yard touchdown. Also ran for 94 yards. 
Brandon Ayuk had a great game with 81 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey a receiving touchdown, a passing touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. That's a trifecta, folks. That'd be kind of something fun if you wanted to bet in a casino or something. Not that I'm into that at all, but imagine imagine that, a trifecta. He's going to score, he's going to throw one, he's going to catch one, and he's going to run one in. That's impressive. <laughs> if that, That's a trifecta, right? I mean, I know it's a horse racing thing, but three touchdowns, three different ways, that's really cool. That's fantasy, yeah, that's fantasy football right there. And I don't even play fantasy football anymore. I quit a long time ago, but what the hell? <laughs> that's funny, man. It's hilarious. Trying to look at something here. Yeah, Leonard Floyd with a couple of sacks for the Rams. Let's keep moving. Congratulations for 49ers, second place in the NFC West. Just think about who's in first place right now, and it'll shock you. It shocks me very much so. Most surprising team in the league, and we're talking about them right now. They beat the other New York team. The Seattle Sea Chickens are 5-3. and three. The Seattle Seahawks are 5-3 and three because they got rid of Russell overpaid Wilson. And, you know, under... Under uh, estimated Smith, I guess, who stunk for years, he was highly touted coming in, and he, then he just was like he was just not that good. He was a second round pick by the Jets. Yep, remember that 2013. Now he's over 30, and he looks really good. <laughs> I mean, Geno Smith looks awesome, doesn't he? Another super efficient day for him. I'm impressed. Seriously, I'm insanely impressed with Geno Smith. Did I ever think I'd say that? Uh, he's got, th what, 13 touchdowns and three interceptions on the year? Wow. Kenneth Walker the third with 51 yards on the ground. Not that impressive, but did get in the end zone once. Tyler Lockett. I mean, nobody had dazzling numbers in this game. Just Geno Smith protected the football, threw for a couple touchdown passes, had his quarterback rating over 100, and whatever. I mean, it's a good game. It's a good job. Saquon Barkley got in the end zone, was also, again, struggled against in the, in the run in this one. Both teams beat each other up a bit. Uh, trying to run the ball and got their butts beaten by the defensive line every time they did. So, <laughs> and then Nuasso of the Seattle Seahawks with a couple of stacks on DJ Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. Not quite as good of a day. The Giants dropped to six and two, as they are now one game worse than the Vikings. Well, a half game worse than the Vikings, which puts the Vikings. In, a, in an interesting spot, but it's not going to matter at the moment with the Giants, at the moment, unless the Eagles start losing football games, because the Giants are, or excuse me, the Eagles are in first place. I did pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East. I didn't expect the New York Giants to be, to, to have six wins already, with the Eagles with seven wins. I thought maybe the Philadelphia Eagles would win like 10, 10 games this year, just, okay, fine, they're the division champs, and then they're just, meh, you know, beating the first round. Instead, they're going to win 14, 15, 16, 17 games this year. We'll see. I don't think they're going to be undefeated, but you never know. Impressive win by the Seattle Seahawks. They are the best team in the NFC West right now, for now, until San Francisco says, get the hell out of my way. But after such a crappy start, 49ers better get their butts in gear because the <laughs> LA Rams, or the LA Rams, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers, or the Seattle Seahawks, excuse me, I have a pretty good vibe right now, and I actually kind of like them a little bit, which is imp which was impossible to say for the last decade or so. Richard Sherman with his big mouth, his arrogance, his attitude, his 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 chip on his shoulder. I I, I don't like people with a chip on their shoulder. It, it's hard to be around anybody like that. It's hard to listen to them talk 
Like, just, it's just like, settle down, man. Seriously. Nobody likes that crap. Sometimes it's okay, like, okay, like, he has an edge. He has an edge. But there's a fine line between having an edge and a chip on your shoulder or whatever. To a, or, yeah, there's a fine line to be ha to having an edge and just being a flat-out ass. And I thought Richard Sherman was a flat-out ass who was actually not good for football. That's just my opinion. You know, great player for a little while, but that pride came before a fall pretty quickly as, well, for one, Seattle got humiliated with the stupidest coaching decision and offensive decision in the history of the game, basically. Literally throwing away a championship, which I was very happy about because go Patriots, <laughs> frankly. But, um, yeah, I think I've gotten enough into that rant. But uh, right now, it's, it's a likable team in comparison. Now that I've gone into that a little too long. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was a very, very unlikable football team with a lot of jerks. That's all. Well, if this was the Super Bowl between Buffalo and Green Bay, it looks about how it would probably go. Probably. And Buffalo would finally end the drought and be world champions today. 14 to nothing so far for the Bills in the second quarter, very early in the second quarter. Buffalo Bills are probably the best team in the NFL, probably. I think they would beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I hope, hope they'll finally get past the stinking frickin' Chiefs. I hope so. I mean, I I don't like the Chiefs, even though some of the unlikable people are gone. Both of them are gone, actually. Honey Badger and Tyreek Hill. And, you know, Tyreek Hill is, what is he on the, uh, no. Honey Badger's on the Saints. That's who I'm talking about, the Saints. And then Terry Kills, of course, on the Dolphins. And I kind of like the Dolphins, actually, which might sound really, well, I've always kind of liked the Dolphins. Um, hard to not like the Bills, except when they played the Vikings years ago in some of those obnoxious games that we played. But, um, oh, they were tough to beat sometimes. But, some, but uh, yeah, Warren Moon finally won there once after giving up the biggest lead in NFL history in a wild card round, which was really annoying for Oilers fans, I'm sure. Fact, extremely devastating, to say the least. Uh, extremely devastating. That was a really good Houston team, actually. Uh, <laughs> Warren Moon sucked in the playoffs, didn't he? Okay, I'll shut up. Aaron Rodgers has completed uh, six of eight passes at least, but nothing to brag about just yet. Packers trail by 14, and the NFC North continues to be uh, our our uh, our oyster, I guess. <laughs> The world is our oyster. Miami Dolphins come roaring back from a 14-0 deficit and win 31-27 for the 99th straight loss for the Detroit Lions. 99 in a row. No, I'm just kidding. It must feel like it, though. Uh, I feel bad because I like, I kind of like the Lions, you know? It sucks seeing them suck this bad, but I kind of really like Miami, though. Even though, yeah, I mean, they're playing, they're playing a lot like they were earlier in the year, just putting up just unbelievable numbers to us. Uh, to was like looking like he's back in form again. Finally, the poor guy, uh, which when he may have may possibly have had multiple concussions in four days, that's scary. <laughs> but um, there he is, not only alive and well, but really, really alive and well, with three touchdowns, 382 yards, didn't turn the ball over. Yes, it's Detroit, but still they were down 14 nothing. Let's not underestimate what happened here. Tyreek Hill, Mr. Peace sign himself, didn't get in the end zone once. His teammate Jalen Waddle, who was giving us nightmares for a moment, with 106 yards and did get in the end zone twice. 188 for Tyreek Hill, which happened over and over and over again with Patrick Mahomes the last few years and winning a Super Bowl and all that crap and getting to another one and losing to the Patriots. No, to the uh, the, the Patriot Bucks. <laughs> it was fun. Um, 
Detroit has so much, you know, they have a lot of skill. They have a lot of talented players at skill positions, but they just they just can't win. They're 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 the anti Vikings this year, where the Vikings have talented players at skill positions, don't always play that great, but just keep winning and keep winning and keep winning. We're six and one on the season. Detroit is one and six. Miami is now back to is now back to two games above five hundred and five and three, but still third place in the AFC East. Jeez, that's kind of funny and kind of harsh in a lot of ways. Detroit Lions end up, uh, again, not winning the football game. I actually wouldn't mind going to this one first because, ugh, the Bears, I don't know. Well, they gave up Robert Quinn. They, they scored 29 points today. The Chicago Bears scored 29 points today. <clears throat> and the Cowboys scored 49. 49 points. The Cowboys are now 6-2. and two. And the NFC East looks freaking crazy, just like the AFC East. Absolutely crazy. Dak Prescott only attempts 27 passes, but still super efficient despite the turnover. Tony Pollard was absolutely sick, as the young people say. 131 yards on the ground with 54 uh, 54 long, three touchdowns on the ground. Justin Fields continues to improve. As a lot of people are saying, he's garbage, he can't do this, he can't do that. I'm telling you, watch out for Justin Fields. There's something there. I think there is. Giving up on Justin Fields, I think, would be a mistake. I think so. I think there's something there. He's got a skill. He's got this. He's got that. He threw for two touchdowns today. And yes, they got their asses handed to them, them them being the Bears. But Justin Fields was by far the best player on the Bears today. By far. At least on the offensive side. Khalil Herbert did help. Don't get me wrong. 99 yards and all that and got in the end zone. He was very, very, very efficient. It also shows how, sh- how crappy the Dallas Cowboys defense is, pardon the French. Um, but Justin Fields can play a little bit. Uh, 17 of 23, very efficient, and he didn't turn the ball over. So, good job. Dallas's defense kind of sucks, but hey, take advantage of it because, you know, it could be the worst defense ever. If you can't complete a pass, you can't complete a pass. Justin Fields did, for the most part. Not exquisite, but he was all right. And and he did run for 60 yards and got in the end zone once as well. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I wouldn't give up on Justin Fields that quick unless there was something staring you in the eye that looked like the next uh, Andrew Luck or Patrick Mahomes or something staring you in the eye. Then go ahead. I mean, that's common sense. But if it's somebody who could be anything from, you know, <laughs> anything from Jimmy Garoppolo to Christian Ponder, uh, let's just go with Justin Fields, okay? Let's 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 give him another year or two at very least. Washington Commanders next week's opponent are now 500 after an awful start to the season. Awful. Indianapolis Colts, speaking of awful, dropped to three, four, and one. And uh, what's his name? Old uh, <laughs> Mister Mister What's his name? <laughs> Matt Ryan. I don't know why I'm goofing off here. Uh, with a shoulder injury where they're saying he's not like out for the season, but he's not going to play the rest of the year, according to Frank Reich. So, Reich, I'm not sure what that means other than it's the kind of injury and the guy just can't really play anymore. So just sit down, I guess, that type of thing. So they're, now they're going with Sam Ellinger, which is a very, sounds like a high school quarterback or a college quarterback to me. He was a sixth-round pick by the Colts in 2021. He kind of looks like a quarterback, and he's from Austin, Texas which is cool and everything. But, um, well, it was his first career start. Six-round pick. We'll see. Anything's possible, I guess. But the Colts end up losing to the Washington Commanders by a point. Taylor Heineke will most likely be the quarterback against the Minnesota Vikings, an opportunity of a lifetime. 
for Taylor Heineke to put a to, to really uh, put a dampener on a great season for Minnesota. Taylor Heineke, of course, cut by the Vikings in the past, and of course, again, had an opportunity to be the backup quarterback for the Vikings, if not the starter in 2017, had he not broke his foot, or actually 16, pardon me, had he not broke his foot in a possible drunken rage at his, uh, I believe it was his friend's house or something, broke his foot. He was going to be at least the backup, and then, of course, Teddy Bridgewater's knee blew up, and then, well, there you go, you know, and then Sam Bradford comes in, and his knee gives out in week two of, uh, 2017. So who knows what would have happened. History would have been different for sure. Taylor Heineke's been adequate for the Washington Commanders. He's been decent. He was decent last year and he kind of kept them going when they were the Washington W's, the Washington football team. He ran for 29 yards today and a touchdown. He did throw an interception. He's definitely backup quarterback material with a little edge, with a little edge to him. Um, Terry McLaren, McLaren, pardon me, not McLaren, not like the car. 113 yards in the air. Good for him. Antonio Gibson's a very familiar name with a touchdown. Decent player, of course. Uh, Washington, obviously, well-known for their defense, and they have a defensive head coach in Ron Rivera. Um, I thought the Washington Commanders slash football team, whatever the heck they are, were going to be kind of decent like a year ago. And there was early signs that they were. And then things just snowballed. and went down the bleeper. And then this year, same thing. It started off terrible. Uh, but, of course, again, with Carson Wentz as a starting quarterback, I think that was just a bad move. Might as well stick with Taylor Heineke and hope for, you know, some draft pick to emerge and become the next, God knows, the next uh, Kirk Cousins, I guess. Kirk Cousins was the starting quarterback for Washington for years. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I believe, yes, this is his first time returning to Washington. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been a while. It's been quite a while. Uh, last time the Vikings went into Washington, Case Keenum was the quarterback against Kirk Cousins. The numbers were just absolutely sick for both sides. Um, it looked like the Vikings were going to absolutely destroy the Redskins, and then <laughs> and then that's when the doubt started setting in for uh, Case Keenum's uh, magic carpet ride because he threw multiple interceptions, and it's like, okay, man, we should have blown these guys out. Now all of a sudden they're back in it. So it was kind of crazy, that magical season, and Kirk Cousins' final year with the Washington uh, Redskins at the time, as they still were called. And, well, <laughs> he ended up getting a lot of money here. A uh, little, you know, and turned down a couple extra dollars from the Jets to come to Minnesota, and the rest is history, however you look at it there. Commanders kept the color scheme, generally speaking, but definitely different font, different little de design on the uniforms. I kind of like the W. It doesn't blow me away. Certainly not navy colors, but the logo has that navy-ish look of a commander, I suppose. And, I don't know, it's, it's a cool name. It's a cool name. It's nice that they kept the old, old color scheme because the team goes back to the 1930s, one of the most historic franchises in NFL history. They have won three Super Bowls, and all by Joe Gibbs as the head coach, and they had some great teams going all the way back into the 70s. Joe Gibbs has done a hell of a job for the Washington Redskins over the years. But obviously he's long, long gone. He made his comeback um, in the late in the late uh, 2000s. Defeated the Vikings in a uh, not a playoff game, but leading into it. We'll get to that now. Vikings and Redskins history started in 1968. Despite the fact the Redskins were around in the 1930s, I will continue to reiterate that. So interesting that we didn't play each other for seven years, not once. And the Vikings won the first time because by 68 the Vikings were getting pretty good. Vikings won the second one, 19 to 10. 
Redskins defeated the Vikings 24-21 to in Met Stadium in 1972. That's actually a really good win for the Skins. The first ever playoff game between the Vikings and Redskins, they won. Vikings did 27-20, to 73 season where we lost to the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. This was the divisional round because there was no wild card yet. So basically it's the first round. Like baseball became the divisional round and all that once that extra round was created back in the 90s. Yes. Oh, man, it's been that long already. Whew. The mid-90s. Um, Vikings lost to the Redskins in 75. Regular season game by one point. Oof. Vikings then won another divisional round game in 76 in route to our final Super Bowl appearance where we got hammered by the Raiders. 1980, the Vikings crushed the Redskins impressively, 39-14, and by then, that was a pretty good Redskins team, too, wasn't it? Maybe maybe things just didn't work out that day, I guess. 1983, I think the Redskins won the Super Bowl this year, didn't they? Or was that the year the Raiders won? Yeah, the Redskins won in 82. Redskins were defending champions, and they knocked the Vikings out in Jan January 15, 1983, in a, again, divisional playoff game. So that's the first time the Redskins defeated the Vikings in the playoffs. And, yeah, that was a really good Washington team by that stage. I keep getting the Raiders and the Redskins mixed up, 82-83. So I'm going to try to verify that here on the, on the fly if I can. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, sometimes they get the 83 and 84 Vikings mixed up as well. <laughs> it's strange. Oops, let's see. This probably will be the wrong one. Yep, Joel, yeah, yeah, this is fine. Yep, Redskins beat the Dolphins, I believe. Yep, they defeated the Dolphins in 80, the 82 season. So this 83 Redskins team ultimately did not win. I want to actually fix that real quick. They beat the Dolphins. Yeah, that's impressive, actually. Yep, 84. The, very, the Raiders defeated the, the Redskins. Yep, so that team went back to the Super Bowl. That's what I thought. Yep, I, th I, th I thought the Redskins played the Raiders in a Super Bowl, and they did. Um, so that Redskins team did get to the Super Bowl, but lost to the Raiders with Marcus Allen and all that. When Marcus Allen was at the peak of his young of, of his young career at the time, 84, the Vikings lost to everybody, including the Redskins, 86. Great 86 Vikings team. The Vikings lost in overtime. 87, the Vikings lost in overtime to the Washington Redskins. Weeks before the NFC Championship came. Weeks. Weeks. This is the final game of the regular season that year. Lost in OT in Minnesota to the Redskins. And then the Vikings end up losing uh, as a, uh, a fairly low throw by uh, Wade Wilson. Uh, the ball was not brought in by uh, Darren Nelson, unfortunately, which would have tied the game. Wouldn't have won the Super Bowl, or wouldn't have put the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Would have tied the game as long as the extra point was made, and we would have gone to OT and hoped for the best. Unfortunately, road games usually just don't go well for the Vikings in this situation, and it didn't there. <laughs> um, and then just a couple years later, again, the Vikings lost to the Redskins in Minnesota in a 92 season. Yep, that was... That was a regular season game. I remember being annoyed with that low-scoring, crappy game. Vikings kept trying, trying, and it didn't work out. That's when Rich Gannon was the quarterback. And then at Sean Salisbury was put in to start at quarterback, which Rich Gannon to this day doesn't understand, and I agree. Vikings scored very early in the playoff game, wildcard game, against the Redskins, and ultimately didn't score again. It was terrible. I don't know. It's a terrible day, and Sean Salisbury completed six passes against a very good Redskins defense. 
who then got their ass handed to them in the next round. And, yeah, freaking Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Yay. Vikings and Redskins. Vikings crushed the Redskins many years later in 98. Of course, actually, this first one, New Year's Eve, the Vikings beat the Redskins by a narrow margin. Chris Carter fought over the 1,000 yards for the first time and was named to the Pro Bowl. And the Vikings clinched a playoff berth to play the Giants in the first round with that one. It was nice, actually. Nice little win in Washington. And then, of course, many years later in 98, I was at this game with my, at the time, best friend, Matt McCulley. Vikings torched the wrestling the Redskins 41-7. to Randy Moss, though, got kept out of the end zone by the legendary Daryl Green, one of the greatest <laughs> cornerback performances I have ever seen. Randy Moss, the most epic rookie wide receiver in NFL history ended up uh, getting shut down by Daryl Green pretty good in that day. Um, and Gus Verrott, future Viking quarterback, was awful in that game because uh, he just was. Jay Feeler ended up playing a couple snaps because the Vikings were blowing them out. I just want to see Randy Moss's numbers. 64 yards, okay. And Chris Carter got in the end zone with 109. Yeah, that was a cool game, but it was too easy. I'll try to go quicker here. This is a lot of history. Um, 05, the Redskins beat the Vikings. 06, Vikings beat the Redskins. Chester Taylor's great season. The 07 Redskins, yep, the Vikings were hanging on, trying to make the postseason, this and that, and this was going to be a huge day. The Redskins came in and beat the crap out of the Vikings, and, you know, eventually it didn't knock us out of the playoffs completely, but pretty much it was extremely disappointing. 32-21 to in the Metrodome. And ever since then, it's kind of been back and forth. Mediocre Redskins teams, this and that. 2012, they beat the Vikings 38-26. to A terrible Viking team won in Washington twice. That's funny. In 2010 and 2011. But since then, it's been a pretty positive history. The Redskins and the Vikings. Redskins winning, uh, or Vikings winning four out of the last five, including the last two, 2019. Kirk Cousins did play against the Redskins at the Metro, uh, in U.S. Bank Stadium, pardon me. And then 17 was that epic battle. Kirk Cousins versus um, Case Keenum. Vikings lead the all-time series 14-13. to This could be a trap game. This could be a dangerous game. Obviously, Washington, again, very stingy defense. Very, very stingy defense. It won't be the easiest thing to deal with. But, you know, certainly a beatable team. Try to get Taylor Heineke to throw it, uh, to turn the ball over. If you can beat the Cardinals, I think you can beat the Redskins, or excuse me, the Washington Commanders. <laughs> I think you can, but it certainly won't be the, an easy game. This might be one of those frustrating mid-season like, meltdowns where the Vikings end up not getting the job done, losing by like three or something. This is going to be uh, probably a closer game than a lot of us hope. That's my fear. I think it's going to be low scoring, 24-21. to 21. The Vikings escape with a win. Hopefully, uh, Mr. Greg Joseph can make the kicks he needs to, particularly on the road, and win the game. 24-21 to is my belief that the Vikings will just be good enough to get the job done in a fairly low-scoring game, but Vikings defense will be heroes once again. Perhaps uh, somebody like Cam Danster gets like a late interception to wrap this thing up, or Harrison Smith. Somebody like that's going to wrap it up, and the Vikings get the victory to stop a Taylor Heineke drive. With that, we'll take a quick break and return for fan interaction with multiple calls.
Greetings, Joey. So, an ugly win against Miami yesterday, and boy, oh boy, that first half was pretty putrid, to put it mildly. Um, rather like the Bears game last week, um, where we didn't particularly play good football and made the uh, the Bears look half-decent on a fence, which is just crazy. Um, enough said about that game, because that's the past, as is Miami. Um, again, they, they found a way to squeeze out another victory. I think incredibly lucky. Um, if we're looking at the season so far, the football gods are being very generous to the purple so far this season. And, you know, I think we've got to hope that continues after we come out of the bye. Um, admittedly, playing Miami with the backups was a big factor. Um, looking at going into the bye, I kind of thought, you know, if we were four and two, that would be a major achievement it, because it looked more likely when the season started that three and three into the bye was I, what I would deem a, a realistic assessment of where the team was. But we are five and one, Joey. Where the hell did, did that come from? Did anybody expect us to be in that position as we move into the bye? Um, but I still am struggling to even get a handle on what to think of this team this season. Offensively, I expected quite a bit more than we're getting. You know, we're, we're getting this sort of situation where we've got areas where the offence basically heads off to the twilight zone for a quarter plus, and they're not on the field. I mean, 10 free and outs against uh, Miami was insane. I, I suppose if, if I've got a positive um, for the way the team's playing, it's the defence. I didn't expect much. And if if they can be a, a middle-tier defence, that is quite something. Clearly, they're giving up huge chunks of turf, which is not particularly good. But the positive being that they're keeping the points down. And what they seem to be doing is making key plays when it's needed. Um, in the last couple of games, you know, they, they've... they've in essence, almost given us walk-off victories because they've, they've made those plays that have done so much to keep us in that game at the time. And what's really nice, Joey, is we are moving into the bye week and we've got a two-game lead in the division, which is really delicious. The fact that we are two games ahead of everybody else. And wh when you look at the division, the Bears look awful. I don't know what the hell's going on with Green Bay. Um, they just... <laughs> to lose to the Jets was absolutely <laughs> delightful to watch. And, well, we know Detroit, they, they put massive points on in the early games and uh, uh, fell down a plug hole against New England. So it, it's really bizarre. I think the division is very, very winnable. Um, but can they win 12 or 13 games? I'm, I'm just not bought into that yet. They can certainly win 10, but can they win 12 or 13? Well... I suppose it comes down to whether the football gods are, are going to be generous and somehow we're going to carry on doing what we've done the first six weeks. What, what is really nice is the fact, and I suppose it is a positive, that they have managed to finish games. They've come back and won, unlike under Zimmer, where they would be in the lead and somehow execute a play and basically lose the damn game. So that, that is a massive positive so far. So, Arizona after the bye. I think it's winnable. Um, I know you were saying about why did we play them twice in 91. I really haven't got a clue. I suppose we need to go on Google and have a look at that one. Um, 
I do remember that season, though. Um, it started with the Bears and the loss 10-6, I think. And that kind of set the scene for the whole bloody season, which is my favourite word to describe the Vikings. Frustrating because it, it lingers through the whole entire history of this team. Um, 91, Burnsy's last year. Loved Burnsy. What a character. And, of course, it was also the end of the Walker experiment as he swanned off into the sunset and enabled the Cowboys to go on that streak of Super Bowl victories. God, sometimes you've got a curse. But it is what it is, isn't it? Um, Say, so, yeah, that was an incredibly frustrating 91 where we went 8-8 eight and eight and missed the bloody playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I think we can beat Arizona, so that takes us to 6-1. Uh, and one. And then is it uh, the Bills after that? Well, that is going to be the litmus test of where this team truly is. And that I'm going to savour because that will give us a real insight to the back end of the season and if we make the playoffs, how far we go in it. Right, Joey, I've said enough. Um, look forward to the bi-week podcast. Uh, stay safe, Skull Brothers and Sisters, and enjoy bi-week weekend where we can sit and uh, root for all those losses against those teams we really hate. Take care, guys. Hey, Joey. Uh, I was going to do a quick call-in, and uh, I want to apologize. I haven't been very active on Facebook. I get kind of busy on the weekends, and I uh, just don't have time to to watch the games until a couple days later on Game Pass or NFL Plus, I think it's called now, and uh, by then it's just a little bit too late. So, anyway, I don't got nothing really new to add anyway. Uh I think a lot of people have made the comment, you know, the big difference I see uh, this year versus last year. The new regime versus the old regime. Was, I, th- I just think the players are more relaxed. They're not worried about uh, making mistakes and that. It just seems like the attitude is so much better. And, of course, the big one is uh, we're winning these close games instead of losing them. Uh, I, that was one of Zimmer's Achilles heels. I don't think he would uh, allow other people to help him make game time decisions and he screwed up a lot of those games and uh we just we lost a lot of those close games and uh now it seems like there's no panic yeah we don't i wish you know you wish you wouldn't have to come down to that you wish you could blow everybody out but um you know that's the nfl and you're gonna have close games and i just i just like how they finish these games they go on this these last drives with confidence and kind of put their stake in the ground and uh you know, win the game, and that's that's uh, doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be a win. And uh, five and one. I know we got some tough games coming up, but I'm not sure I see anybody beating Buffalo or Kansas City in a Super Bowl. And not sure we can get past the Eagles. I think we are the real deal. So I'm not saying Super Bowl, but it'd be nice to to finish the season, uh, keep going like we've been going. Maybe make the playoffs and be cool to win a game or two and just compete. I think I'd be satisfied with that, but uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, not that I would want that to happen, but you know, maybe one of the star quarterbacks gets hurt or somebody gets hurt, and you never, I never really want to see that. That's not how I want to win a Super Bowl, but um, it can happen, and um, you know, maybe the Vikings can uh, just get a little bit better and a little bit better. When you get a new coaching staff, it takes time to get the the chemistry going, and um, so like what I see so far, though it's. Uh, pretty cool and uh kind of nice to be in first place uh it's been it's been quite a while at least 
as far as I can remember. So, anyway, uh, Skull Purple Mafia Nation, uh, hopefully we keep her going. So, uh, talk to you all later. Okay, I'm going to do two calls because I forgot to say something on the last one. Uh, hey, I just wanted to shout out to Mad Martin. That was an awesome call, and I really, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, someday I hope when I get rich and famous I can go over one of those games. It just sounds like the atmosphere is cool, and I really, really enjoyed that call. In and uh, uh, Mad Martin's a stud in my book anyway. So uh, anyway, just wanted to make that comment, and thanks for doing that. I really appreciated that. So all right. Uh, we'll talk to y'all later. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Wow, weren't those call-ins awesome? <laughs> Thank you guys so very much. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland and Gerald String out of Nebraska. The little uh, throw-in at the last minute saying how Mad Martin's last call-in a couple of weeks back when he described the whole uh, game in uh, in uh, London. And that was, uh, like I, you know, and how much detail he went into. It really was a great call-in, wasn't it? Mad Martin, you know, is absolutely a Hall of Famer. You're, you absolutely are a Hall of Famer, Mad Martin. And I love it, love hearing from you so much. I love hearing from you too, Gerald, coming out of America's heartland there in Nebraska. Uh, guys like you are, you are literally the the the, the blood of this country. No doubt about it. The salt of the earth. You know, you guys are the greatest. And both of you are for this show. The salt of the earth for the Purple Mafia show as well. Um, and it was interesting too, like similar theme here going through. <clears throat> oh, basically, yeah, like these are the type of games the Minnesota Vikings last year would lose. And there's just no question. I mean, we did, right? We were on the verge of winning the game versus the Arizona Cardinals last year. And we lost. We found a way to lose. You know, games like the Cincinnati game. The, you know, we found a way to lose that one. You fumble you fumble late on a drive, but we were going to win a game in Cincinnati. You have an opportunity to make a game-winning kick, and you miss. And then, you know, so on and so forth. You're playing against a third-string quarterback who might end up being better than we thought. But still, you're not supposed to lose to Cooper Rush at home on Halloween night if you are a serious football team. What a beautiful night that was. Today actually was kind of similar on Halloween Eve, for those of you that celebrate Halloween. I... Yeah, I sort of do, sort of not. You know, I like the, I don't know, I, I like the pumpkin beers. I like the the pumpkin stout beers. <laughs> I like the uh, the cupcakes. Like last year we had the purple cupcakes. Boo, remember that? So stuff like that. You know, I like that side of it. I don't know, you know, the decorations are cool, I suppose. I like the purple lights, the orange lights. Um, I'm not into, a, a, I'm not into creepy occult stuff, so don't think I am. Some people might be. Most of you probably aren't. You know, the horror movies and this and that, that can be kind of fun sometimes depending on how much you you like horror movies or not. Some of them are okay as long as you don't take it super seriously because if you do, well, yeah, that's kind of scary and kind of weird. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously the characters in the movies do things that normal people wouldn't do like lock themselves in a closet or, you know, or not lock themselves in a closet, but go in a closet where a killer is just literally waiting to cut them up or something, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, like, that's just stupid. <laughs> or, like, trap themselves. Oh, everything will be fine. Okay, I don't know why I'm getting into that. But, generally speaking, again, the Vikings are winning games that they weren't uh, that they weren't last year. It's, like, polar opposite. We, we were kind of like exactly what the Lions 
have been the last two years. And then last season, both teams found a way to lose to each other, which was about as fitting and appropriate as it could get when it came to the Vikings barely beating Detroit and then Zimmer wanting to strangle Kirk Cousins in the celebration and then the Lions going for a last-second game-winning drive against the Vikings and the infamous Cam Dantzler, what are you doing, call by Paul Allen, that kind of stuff. So both teams look like crap last year. They look like a bunch of idiots where this year it looks like the polar opposite, hopefully, with the Vikings anyway, where Detroit's still losing games that, I, I don't know, they just got to cut it out. I'd like to see that Detroit team do better. They're not as dislikable as the uh, the Packers, but of course, if there's an NFC North team, if I had to pick one other NFC North team, it'd be the Bears. I like the Bears more than the Lions and the Packers, but and you guys probably know that. Most of you that have been listening to the show, I've been teased in the past, like, what is up with this affinity for the Bears? Eh, the, the 1980s. It's that simple. Same reason I like the 49ers. The 1980s. Same reason in hockey, I like the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames. You know, I mean, you could just go on all day. Boston Celtics, you know. Yeah, it is what it is. Atlanta Hawks, Dominique Wilkins. It's, it's, it's the 1980s. Back to the future. Okay, you get the idea. I'll move on to the actual other things like the Twitter account and such. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. And also, please encourage you to click on the links in the show description. They would help the show. Crypto.com, if you want to trade cryptocurrency, is right on there for you. Is <laughs> right on there for you. A link that'll put $25 to get you started. And obviously, we could add to whatever else you might have on there. Uh, doesn't take a whole lot of money to start in cryptocurrency because, well, quite frankly, the coins are very cheap. And if you want to buy something expensive like Bitcoin, you just buy a portion of it. You're not expected to buy an entire coin. Cause so that may have scared people off in the past. You don't, you're not expected to buy an entire coin. And why would you? That's a lot of money for one thing. So, um, Let's try to get caught up here. I believe there was a couple of extra things. Yeah, the whole... Yeah, the Vikings end up... Uh, excuse me, the Chicago Bears did cut Amir Smith-Marset. I felt bad about that, honestly. They already ended that experiment. I'm not sure if he's resurfaced. I doubt it at the moment. And if he has, I apologize. I'll probably give that a look-see here in a moment. That's on the Facebook page. Let's get to Twitter first. I am very distracted right now. In Minnesota Wild... Might be heading into overtime with the Blackhawks here. In fact, 99% chance they are. Thank God, though, they were actually going to lose the game the way things were headed. Um, on the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, the Smiths show up to play. want to thank Mad Martin out of uh, out of the northern out of northern Scotland, pardon me, Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia, Malcolm McSween out of Southern Cal, not L.A., but Southern California, I should look for the exact city if he has it, but uh, maybe let me know, Malcolm, which city it is. I forgot. Uh, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, all retweeting the show. Tanae Brown and Vince Romano, huge friends of Timberwolves Explosion as well. We actually met first through that route, but they both joined in this group as well. Thank you so much, guys, for that. Mad Martin leading things off here. Back a few, like a couple of weeks back, some of these tweets but they hadn't been read on the show. Zadarius Smith, looking like a great pickup, recorded 11 total pressures against the Dolphins, second most of any player in a single game this year. Smith now has 29 total pressures on the season, second most of any defender in the NFL. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, he he deserved the uh, Fran Tarkington Award today, no doubt. Uh, I was saying, looks like it's going to be a nail-biter again, but maybe not. 
Uh, Mad Martin says, I hope not. I was saying it shouldn't be, but man, it's sure it's weird. Luckily, we've, we've come out on top several times this year. Mad Martin said, solid first half. We need the offense to maintain this level in the second. D's done its job so far. And generally speaking, that's what happened. It wasn't as scary of a game, but it could have been. Uh, some of the stupid turnovers, yeah, that sucks big time. Um, I said, tire of the block kicks. This is ridiculous. Mad Martin with an angry face says, there goes the momentum. Yep, pretty much. What was I saying? Looks like another. Yep, now he says it's looking like it now. Will. Will T. Cradio. I believe he's, yeah, he's, he's in, I believe he's on some kind of real radio station. Yeah, ESPN something here. Uh, he says, Joseph kicked the ball so low, it hit the defender in the face. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I was saying exactly, it's terrible. I want to look at Will. Oh, looks like the wire. Nope, that's a replay. Gosh, distracting, you sons of biscuits. Will T. Cradio. Yep, nice to meet you, Will. I believe, uh, yep. So, uh, 1340 ESPN Radio. Very nice. And 1340 ESPN Radio actually uh, uh, followed back. So that's kind of cool. Mariners? Is this in... Is it in Washington? Hmm. Interesting. Mariners? Must be something else. Yep. <laughs> but very cool. Yep, we followed each other. So that's always really nice. I'll better, I better continue. I'm babbling and going off into la-la land a bit. But nice to meet you, Will. Mad Martin says, let's be honest, it's rare to get a relaxing game. Was relaxed, now stress begins to build from relaxed to stress in under 10 seconds. The Purple have a way of doing that. This team's taken a decade off of us all, and he's laughing. Yeah, it's pretty much true. Normal service, normal service reserved, uh, resumed, pardon me. Build a two-score lead, and they all get sleepy and gives up the lead. Yep, like with the turnovers, yep. Well, they better wake up now. Six points this season in the third quarters. Yeah, terrible yeah, terrible third quarters. And then, yep, yep, Mad Martin says we've doubled our third quarter points of the season, and that was good with a thumbs up. Yep, and very, very true. Uh, great call-in and great, great tweets. Mad Martin, really appreciate you in a big, 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 big way. I want to look at something real quick. Yeah, it was 13 points, no, 14 points in the uh, third quarter. That's what I thought. Yeah, we scored a couple TDs in that game, uh, in that quarter anyway. Let's get to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Again, everything will be in the show description. And I was talking about Amir Smith-Marset. Yeah, I shared the article, The Viking Age Bears and Their Experiment with the Former Vikings Draft Pick. Terry Roberts says, hope everything goes well. And I agree, I, I felt bad about it. Tanae Brown says, awful season for him, honestly. Oh, yeah. And awful turn of uh, events as well. And a killer, you know, just an awful day. And what a horrible way for things to go against the team that had recently caught you to fall apart like that. That must have sucked. Allow me to get a sip of coffee here. Pumpkin, pumpkin flavored, of course. You gotta like that, right? Yep, everything's pumpkin, 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 pumpkin. And then right when Halloween comes, it all disappears, right? No. Doesn't need to. November and pumpkins go together pretty well, right? Don't forget that pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving Day. Purple ru uh, rumor mill from Vikings Territory or Odell Beckham, Kyle Rudolph, or help from Cleveland, something like that. Uh, a couple comments. Mike Dale out of New York says, not the city, but the state, says, I would take Rudy back as Irv Smith still hasn't sold me completely. Yeah, I don't see much out of Irv either. 
He hasn't sold him completely yet. Competition might be a good thing for him, and I definitely miss Rudy Steins and hands within the red zone or within striking distance of the end zone. That said, please, please, please do not sign OBJ, and I, I feel you there. Uh, this team is off to a good start, is playing with confidence with their tails up, and have a very positive team environment. Do not bring that toxic, selfish prima donna into the Vikings locker room. We have three more than capable wide receivers on this team. Yeah, I agree with that. They should be looking for available defensive backs, interior defensive linemen, and centers. Yep, I think so. I think so. Will anything happen? I'm not sure. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. Mark Carlson says, I can imagine. He put an E there just to make the emphasize the way he says it. If Odell was to suit up in purple, JJ and Adam might just decide to move on like Diggs. Yeah. I, it, I, yeah. I don't think it's good either. I, I thought it was going to be a, a failure and a, uh, a failure and uh, just that it wouldn't work out basically with the LA Rams and somehow it did. But I don't think you're going to catch lightning in a bottle the way the Rams did. I think that was a one-time thing. You know, kind of like Brady with the Bucks. That was kind of like lightning in a bottle, you know? It kind of was. As somebody that's well over 40, suiting up for your team and you go and win the Super Bowl, I mean, okay. You know, if it's Brady or not, it's still a crazy impressive thing that happened. Speaking of impressive, and I'm not one to toot my horn, I really am not, but I posted, the, uh, I posted a screenshot from... I forget the name of the site, actually. <laughs> Listen Notes, yep. Where it actually tracks the global, like, listening score and your global rank of your podcasts. 3%, I'm in the top 3%, Purple Mafia is anyway, of all podcasts on the planet. Top 3%, so, and that does not mean I'm getting millions of listeners. It means I'm getting thousands of listeners. There are millions of podcasts that get maybe 100 downloads or something, so that's the whole reasoning. Um, thousands of... Like, not, not like barely reaching a 1,000. It's a little bit more, but, you know, again, this is not me tooting my horn like I'm just kicking everybody's butt. Oh, dang it. Alex Daylock, uh, Blackhawks goalie, former Wild goalie, just stopped. Jewel Erickson, that kind of breakaway. That would have won the game in OT. Oh, impressive save, man. Yeah, doggone it. <laughs> that would have been funny. Or cool, not funny. <clears throat> It's interesting seeing Staylock go against us for the first time. All right, in-game thread. Let's let's go. I was saying, call me a curmudgeon. This is something that I think would generate some replies, and it did. And I'm not looking. I'm not looking for attention, but it is conversation sometimes. Call me a curmudgeon, but the endless posing for the camera drives me nuts. Get over yourself, you arrogant bastards. Hashtag NFLPA. Again, that's, the, yeah. I don't like the way every single time there's an interception, a touchdown, a uh, fumble recovery, that the that like nine players, 20 players have to run over and they got to do some kind of thing and then pose for the camera. It's, my God, it's too much. It's too much. Or every single time somebody makes a big catch, they got to do some kind of pose or the peace sign or whatever. It, it does get old. Brett McCarthy simply says, right? Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. Now Carlson says, I was going to say something very similar, especially if it's not a touchdown. Yeah. Why are we celebrating in the end zone? It doesn't look right to me. Just go back to the huddle. Yeah, I think it's, I really do. The, I'm, call me a curmudgeon. I think the young generation is obsessed with attention and, I don't know, being fulfilled. They have to have be fulfilled every single time something goes right. Just play. Just play. I think it's a little too much. 
And I, and, and I know some people might be like, oh, the fun police are out. It's not the fun police. I think I think it's a little bit over the top. Mike Dill says exactly like you've like you've yeah act like you've been there before. Yeah, I agree. I agree. At the end of the day, so almost wrapped up. So now we'll try to move on quickly here. Sorry if I keep babbling, but uh, yeah, that was something that was bugging me for a while, <laughs> and it's still the, yeah it's stupid. Mark Carl says, what the hell, four than one, you can't even get one yard or field goal, what the hell was that? Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, that has to be the Christian Ponder re uh, play of all plays. Yeah, the terrible fourth and one. Yeah, but I didn't even mention that. Mark Carlson says, shout out, hey, Jay Mason, uh, Jay Mason, Chase Carlson, are you watching the game today? Yep, and hopefully Jay uh, Mason listens to the show as well. He says, I'm at Baltimore Comic Con with Anthony today. Okay, yeah, like Anthony Carlson. Okay, I hope uh, I hope you guys still listen. I mean, I remember hearing from Anthony Carlson a long time ago, and he never called in again. I I miss you. I remember he called in like once or twice, and he was pretty good, you know. So just in case you're listening, or Mark, you know, encourage him that I I thought he did really well, you know. I like this call in. Not that I'm not that I'm begging for, you know, like oh because you know like about anything like I'm just begging for call-ins. But when you guys call in, it is nice and. uh Look at Mad Martin and Gerald. That was awesome. Just great, wasn't it? What they did. Uh, Jerry Hicks says, have the Vikings run a crossing route this entire year? WTF. And then, you know, he's like, what is going on? Dave Dave Hickey says, uh, Jerry Hicks is from St. Louis, I believe. I believe he's still there. Uh, Mad, or no, Dave Hickey from Iowa says, man, they just can't seem to put teams away. It's always a nail-biter. And Greg Joseph is going to get himself cut. Yep. Brad McCarthy says, why aren't we using the wide receivers? What's with the offense? Hate hate these kind of games. Keep letting them hang around. Missed extra point. Unacceptable. Thank God for our defense. Defense needs to step up now. Put the game away. And the defense does ultimately save the day. Ah. Well, I don't have a feeling the Wild are going to lose this game. <laughs> it's in a shootout now. Ah, man. Well, good for Alex Stalock, though, I guess. Mark Carlson says, oh, of course, the Cardinals score just before halftime. Yep, I remember, yep, that was scary. In the Bynum pick, yep, by Brett McCarthy. Come on, defense, pull this out. Mark Carlson says, Viking D, put an end to this, please. And thankfully, they ultimately did. Brett McCarthy says, three and out. Did Fleury make the save? I thought he, yeah, I, yeah, he did. Whew, weird-looking save, but he made it. Mark saying, yep. Brett McCarthy with the classic skull. Skull, everyone. Let's win. I love how he opens things up with that. That's always cool. Mark Carlson says, Is the Cardinals' defense a threat today? Can the Vikings add another win and strengthen their hold in the NFC North? Yep. So, yeah, that's kind of like back and forth with the chronological Kirill Kaprizov just scored. That's good. I believe. I, I don't know if this is the Blackhawks' last chance. Right through the 5 hole. That was a nice one. Kirill kind of lulling him asleep and then letting it through. Patrick Kane, oh God, help us. Oh, he actually stopped him. All right, Fleury. He stopped Patrick Kane. All right. Patrick Kane has been a wild killer forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That was actually a pretty good move, too. Oof. Nice job, Fleury. Yeah, yeah, he tried to go five-hole, too. That's, of course, break between the legs. For those of you that are not hockey fans, I believe this is the game winner if Goudreau makes it. And he did. Wild win. Wild win. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't injure yourself. Guys are falling out of the... <laughs> they're falling out of the... the Whatever that is. 
over the boards here. Almost fell out into the ice head first. Be careful. Stalock's probably pissed off right now. Poor guy. It's easy to be a fan of Alex Stalock. Ugh. But he, uh, he couldn't get the job done in the shootout. Wild win in Chicago. Nice move, Goudreau. Wow. Do that in a real game once in a while. <laughs> that's a pretty good move, man. That's a hockey... That's a that's a goal scorer's goal right there. Nice move. Looks like Charlie Conway and the Mighty Ducks. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not... <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted. The Wild won, though, so... Yep. Check out Brave the Wild whenever you feel like it, if you're a hockey fan. If you're totally not interested, and I apologize. Um, Mike Dale says, finally game day. I, I, I had to see that, though. Uh, I can get my fix of Vikings football and quelch my my withdrawal. Feeling good about this one. Riding high at 5-1 and one with a well-rested team. Hope well-rested doesn't fall flat and correlates as well-rested after bye week. Skull Vikes. Yes, sir. McDill says, damn, that was impressive. My friend Tarkington Standards Kirk is the team's leading rusher on the first drive. I've never seen this from him. I'm entertained. That was something. How he dove into that end zone. It was a heck of a play, actually. Mike Dell says, all right, playing again in the second half from behind and giving up the lead. We've got him right where we want him. And, yep, he was kind of laughing, uh, rolling his eyes. But we did win, thankfully. Yep, and Brian McCarthy was enjoying the way we spread the ball around early on. Mark Carlson was saying, basically, let's put this team away. Brett McCarthy couldn't believe the fumble. Yep, here comes trouble, says Mark Carlson. But then Patrick Peterson, you're crazy good. Yeah, that was in the first half. Some of that, that great, great pass deflection. Uh-huh. Yep, and Mark was saying, I think that no huddle hurry up type def uh, offense winded the Cardinal D on the first drive. It definitely got me excited. All right, let's go to the postgame thread as we head towards the end here. Actually, kind of quiet in the post game, but that's okay. I mean, got the call ins, got all that, and my wife's probably sick of me yabbering away here, so it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. Mark Carlson says, and got the nice uh, Viking image there. Very cool look. Watched the game at From Home today. A really beautiful October day here in Northwest Iowa. Wasn't it, though? Just awesome. I wish we could start the day over again and go outside all day, you know. Pretty excited for the game to start. Lots of action. I don't know why the Vikings went for it on fourth down early in the game. Maybe there was a matchup there I didn't see or an opportunity to scare the Cardinals that we play aggressive on all four downs. Or maybe we don't have faith in the kicker. Maybe a little bit of everything. <laughs> Probably the latter, he says. Way too many flags in this game and some really ticky-tack calls to boot. However, I love games that keep me interested, but just once can we drop the hammer on an opponent it would do my heart good. Skull, let's roll 6-1, and one, baby. Yeah, like the 98 Vikings had that 41-7 to seven win. The uh, 2009 Vikings had a 41-7 to seven win also versus the St. Louis Rams. You know, there's got to be some of those type of games coming up, right? Mike Dale gets his thing going here like he does. Oh, boy. It's a biggie, and it's a beauty. He is a heck of a writer. Let's save it for last. Ben McCarthy says, defense saves the day. Skull. James Emmerich. Uh, Adam, Adam Yuck, I apologize, James. Adam Yuck, sorry, 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 sorry. Interesting. Um, he says, uh, yep, it's the Vikings win again. The Minnesota Vikings now lead their division, and sure we do. Okay, let's get to Mike Dales and wrap this thing up and pass out the awards for the show. Mike Dales says, well, again, Vikings win another close one after relinquishing the lead in the early second half. It's such a weird, bizarre feeling seeing this team fall behind in the early second half again and not immediately go into a panic or depression like we used to, right? And feel 
that it's taps for this team. Not that there's some kind of invincibility about this team, but there's a definite can-do swagger or wave of confidence that envelops this team, knowing that we can never truly uh, that we were never truly out of it. This team can handle swings and momentum against them, and that is huge. As a Vikings fan, I'm not used to this kind of positive emotion, so I'll tread with caution and continue to cheer their success with guarded heart and not investing too much emotional stock. We all know where that has gotten us in the past. 1998. 1998, right, Mike Dale? That's that's the biggest one for me. Um, and I even was terrified that year as a youngster. I was, what, 19? Terrified beyond belief. Because I remember how excited I was going into, 2000, uh, into 94. And 92 was my first real feeling of, like, we had this really nice season. There's still there's a chance we might beat Dallas. San Francisco will be tough, but Dallas, maybe we can beat them. Because I didn't think Dallas was going to win the Super Bowl then. And then we lose to Washington. It was just depressing beyond belief. It was crap. That was my first bout. 94 was a big one. You think, okay, now we have a quarterback. It's Warren Moon. We're winning the Super Bowl this year. We didn't come close. And the 98 was the ultimate. Holy moly, what a great football team. And down they went in the NFC title game. But, of course, the year before, the Vikings were 8-2 and two for the first time of me watching them uh, in 97. And then they were, next thing you know, they went from 8-2 and two to 8-7. and seven. It was just like, what? It just blew me away. So stuff like that. And 98, again, was the ultimate. 2000, you go from 11-1 and one to 11-5. and five. You lose home field advantage and lose 41 nothing in the NFC title game. <sighs> sorry. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just making it worse. Okay, pros. Patrick Peterson, Zadarius Smith, my friend. Pick. Good good pick there. Yep, I agree. Kirk Cousins, Delvin Cook, Eric Kendricks, Johnny Munt opened his account touchdown-wise and is proven to be a great blocker. The Vikings offense also put over 30 points today, which is which is a rarity for some reason. Yep, for every team this season as points are down. That's a defense, despite giving up 26 points, deserves the accolades for coming up with the big plays to preserve the victory. They did great, yeah. Cons. I have to say I'm concerned that Daniil Hunter is simply not having as much of an impact in these games as we've been used to in previous seasons. I'm wondering if he's injured or just double and triple teamed out of out of, uh, out of of relevance. I also am still concerned that Justin Jefferson is not targeted enough for my liking. Although he had close to 100 yards receiving, he was only targeted six times. Yeah, that's true. Again, though, a win is a win, so I can't be a stickler and complain too much. That said, common theme this season, we beat a poor, a poorer, lesser sub-500 team at home, and a better playoff-caliber team would have beaten us. I guess this week's schedule is concealing our flaws and elevating our attributes, but I remain positive until we start continuously having our heads handed to us by the league's elite. Until then, riding the wind wave, school boys and girls. Yep, thank you very much, Mike Dale. Great way to wrap up the show. The gold star for this episode... You know, it could go all over the place. It always does. Yep, I would I would love to hear Mark Carlson call in again. That'd be really cool. Um, <laughs> I feel like every week it could go to Mad Martin and Mike Dale. Isn't that true? And But, I mean, obviously, again, there's Gerald Strick and Mark Carlson. Oh, man. I mean, just all of you guys. Yeah, Dave Hickey, unbelievable, always great. You know, uh, Brett McCarthy's consistency. And, you know, and, and I like how he puts everything together. He's just so good. Oh, man. I'm going to have a hell of a time, you know, with this one. Um, I love that post by Mark. I, I really did. 
I think I want to go with... I don't know what it is. I think I want to go with Mark Carlson today. I, I really like the post and everything and, and encouraging people to come to the show. Mark Carlson's going to bring in the gold star. Uh, Gold-plated silvers to both of the guys that called in and the great post and, and Twitter and Facebook and such. Uh, Ger Gerald Spring didn't post much, but great call in. And of course, uh, like Matt Martin could, could be, you know, every time he calls in, it's almost like automatic gold star. Uh, Mike Dale's almost like automatic gold star with incredible writing. I mean, that was so good. Where do I go with all this, man? I mean, Mike Dale's going to share the silver because of the beautiful uh, article he wrote just now. He's going to share the, the gold uh, with Mark. And then uh, I, I just can't help it. It's so hard to pick one. And I, I feel crazy right now. <laughs> um, Mad Martin, Gerald's ring with the silver. Bronze, Brett McCarthy for sure has to bring that in. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, you guys are just so awesome. Thank you so much for your call, uh, your messages, your call-ins, your posts. You guys are so, oh, you guys are the greatest ever. Hope you have a nice Halloween. Uh, it sucks to have to be on a Monday where you have to work and everything. Most of us, some people might even take the day off. I'm not going to, but I'm not going to stay late. Mondays are done, staying late, as I was doing that for a little while. Uh, until the lawn service is done, because now cleanups are coming. Uh, I'm going to do my best to keep up with the show and keep up with the team as good as possible. That's where, you know, most of the games falling on Sundays, I can keep up, and if it's on Thursday, I can catch up by the weekend anyway, so it's not too difficult to get it done, despite the two-job, tough schedule and stuff. We'll see. I usually get through all 16 or 17 games with no problem and into the playoffs and all that. Um, so we'll see. You just never know, though. And I'm for it. And I'll let you know if there's any reason on Facebook and Twitter if uh, something were to come up. Luckily, HipCast has been holding together enough. Hopefully, you don't get this show on Friday, but you get it Sunday night when you're supposed to. As right now, it is already Sunday night as I'm recording. Uh, right, right after nine with the Wild winning here uh, about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> but um, thank you guys so much for your loyalty to the show forever. Please tell your friends. Please. Write a positive rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, or, or uh, Spotify. Again, happy Halloween to all of you that do celebrate it. Enjoy yourself. Have a nice uh, Southern Tier Pumpkin or something, or Southern Tier Warlock, or Surly Darkness. I believe that's what I'm going to have tomorrow. Yep, the Barrel Aged. I'm going to put a beer review about that one on the Facebook page and all that. So, um, again, all of you... Have a nice Halloween, and uh, let's get ready for Thanksgiving right after that. That's my official favorite holiday. Talk to you next week.